This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 84 The Abduction of Linda Napolitano Alien abduction cases have been a topic of fascination and intrigue for decades, with reports dating back to the late 1940s. Throughout the years, thousands of people have claimed to have been abducted by extraterrestrial beings, leading to a plethora of investigations and theories. Despite the numerous reports and investigations, there is yet to be concrete evidence that supports the existence of extraterrestrial abductions. One such case that has garnered significant attention is the abduction of Linda Napolitano in 1989. On the night of November 30th, Linda was reportedly abducted from her apartment in New York City. Eyewitnesses reported seeing a bright light in the sky and Linda being lifted into the air by a beam of light. The events of that night left the community in a state of shock and disbelief. The following days were marked by a flurry of activity as UFO researchers and investigators flocked to the scene. One such investigator was Bud Hopkins, a renowned UFO researcher and author. Linda sent Bud Hopkins a letter in 1989 She said that in 1976, she noticed a strange bump on her nose. She ended up having it checked out, and doctors were very sure she had had a surgery as a child. However, that was not the case. She had never had surgery. Hopkins then scheduled a meeting with her. At first, he wasn't convinced that she had been abducted. However, he instructed Linda to attend sessions with a support group of other abductees. They spoke of dazzling lights in the sky, mysterious beings, and strange objects found in their bodies, much like Linda's own case. On November 30th, 1989, Linda Napolitano's life changed forever. She had just laid down in her bed after tucking in her children. She quickly fell asleep and was awoken around 3 a.m. with the feeling that there was a strange person at the foot of her bed. She frantically scanned the room, her eyes still adjusting to waking up, and spotted a figure in the corner. 
It was a small, skeletal-bodied creature with a large head and deep black eyes staring back at her. The being appeared to stand just over three feet tall. Linda became terrified and immediately tried to wake her husband, whom had been in a deep sleep, oblivious as to what was going on at the time. Out of nowhere, she heard a thought in her head and a voice telling her to shut up. She tried to scream but wasn't able to do so. She could feel what appeared to be a sheet draped over her, containing her and keeping her motionless. All of a sudden, her entire body felt completely numb. She lay there catatonic, her eyes scanning the ceiling above her. Suddenly, a blue light emerged from outside the window. Linda could feel her body become very light as she was lifted from her bed and slowly floated out of it. She then continued floating, slowly making her way above the city. She could see headlights, smoke from the chimneys, and the Brooklyn Bridge. As she continued to look around, she realized the same small gray figure in her room was floating next to her, along with two other figures just behind them. She continued floating, getting higher and higher as they went further. Suddenly, she spotted a very large spacecraft floating in the sky above her as she was being pulled toward it. The craft was windowless and shaped like a saucer. It had dozens of bright flashing lights with a large hatch that opened as the blue light pulled Linda and the beings with her into it, closing behind them. It then quickly shot into the sky and away from the city. The light continued carrying Linda further into the strange craft. She passed one room that was a pale white color, with similar benches to the one she was familiar with seeing in Central Park. After passing through a series of large hatch-like doors, she eventually reached a large room where the three gray beings from before were waiting for her. Her body was then laid out on a large exam table. She tried to move and was unable to react as her body was still in a paralyzed state. To her surprise, she found herself able to open her mouth. She let out a loud scream that echoed through the large room, bouncing off of every surface and intensifying. One of the gray beings then placed their hand over her mouth, attempting to stop her from screaming. But it didn't make a difference. She kept screaming. One of the other beings then took a large tubular object and placed it into her nose, firing a small object into her left nostril. At that exact moment, Linda passed out. She was only out for a few seconds, and when she opened her eyes, she was shocked to see that she was back in her own bed, still lying with her husband. She looked at the alarm clock sitting next to her bedside, 
and it read 5 a.m. She sat up, wiped the sweat from her forehead, and finally felt a sigh of relief. She brushed everything off as a terrible nightmare and was able to go about her normal day today. As the days progressed, Linda forgot more and more of the strange nightmare she had had a few days previously. The only thing she could remember was being on board a strange craft and seeing the three gray beings. Despite her assumption that it had all been a dream, she couldn't seem to shake how real it all felt. Linda eventually decided to contact Bud Hopkins, a prominent figure in alien abduction phenomena and related UFO research. She explained everything she could remember from the night previously. He felt that there was something missing from the information that she had provided to him. He then set up a meeting for them to meet and discuss the issue further. On the day of the meeting, Linda underwent regressive hypnosis. During the session, she was able to recount more of the events that took place. She remembered floating above the city and being in the exam room with the strange beings. After several sessions, they were able to piece together all of the events that took place, at least to the point of being laid out on the exam table. In February of 1991, Bud Hopkins received a letter that was signed by two men, known only as Richard and Dan. The two men stated that they were police officers, and they were in a car around 3 a.m. on the morning of November 30th, 1989. Both of the men claimed to see a large reddish-orange object hovering in the sky. It was very bright with green lights along the bottom. They sat there observing the object, trying to rationalize it. They continued watching as a woman, followed by three child-sized gray beings, floated up to the large hovering craft, and then disappeared from their view. The men expressed their concern for the woman, and that they were looking for her to make sure that she was okay. They also reassured Bud that they weren't dangerous and that they only wanted to speak to Linda. Bud quickly reached out to her to let her know that she would most likely be receiving a visit at her home from the two individuals. A few days later, Linda called Bud and confirmed that the two men had visited her. She was surprised that it had actually happened. She was used to the police being in her area. However, this situation was much different. The two men were very happy to see that she was indeed fine. The encounter that she had with them was very positive. However, two weeks later, Bud received another letter written only by Richard. He stated that he was worried for his partner. He had changed his personality and became obsessed with Linda, following her every move and sitting in front of her apartment every day. In a third and final letter, Richard admitted that they had lied about their identities. They were actually security for a well-known public figure and had been escorting them on the night of Linda's abduction. Richard went on to tell him that the public figure they were escorting 
also witnessed Linda and the beings and the craft in the sky. After that, Hopkins received many other claims from the same night. Others claimed to see the bright lights, the floating beings, and the hovering craft in the sky. Each detail was similar to that of the last. He received a total of 24 reports, making it the most notable sighting in New York at the time. In April of 1991, Linda was walking down the street near her apartment when a van pulled up next to her with Dan and Richard inside. They instructed her to get into the van without asking any questions. However, she refused. Richard quickly got out and forced Linda into the van. The two men proceeded to question her about the aliens. They wanted to know what they had did to her or had told her. She was even forced to take off her shoes to prove that there were no alien traits to them. After they let her go, Linda rushed to Bud Hopkins' office to tell him what had happened. In October of 1991, Linda was approached once again by Dan and Richard, this time in a red Jaguar. Richard approached her and forced her to get into the vehicle. They proceeded to interrogate her once more. Linda tried to record the conversation on a tape recorder, but Richard noticed and took it from her. Dan then proceeded to drive them to Long Island, where they arrived at a beach house. Once inside, he handed Linda a white nightgown, like the one she wore on the night of her abduction, and asked her to put it on. But she refused to get undressed in front of the men. Dan then tried to make a pass at her, and she rejected him. At that moment... He kneeled down at her feet, repeatedly calling her Lady of the Sand. Later that evening, when Dan and Richard weren't paying attention, Linda chose to seize the moment and raced out the door and onto the beach. Dan immediately chased after her till he finally caught up with her. He then dragged her to the water and proceeded to hold her head under it, not letting her up to breathe. Suddenly, an invisible force hit Dan, sending him back several feet. Linda got back up and started running again, but this time Richard caught up to her. He convinced her to return to the house as long as he could keep Dan away from her. A little while later, the men returned Linda back to her home. In November of 1991, Linda met Richard one final time. Richard told her that he had stopped working with Dan because he had spiraled and was eventually locked away in a mental hospital. That Christmas, Linda received a letter from Dan. Shocked by this, she proceeded to read the letter. He had admitted to falling in love with her and his desire to kidnap her and keep her all to himself. That was the last time Linda ever heard from him. Bud Hopkins began looking into the issue further. He followed the license plate number of the Jaguar and confirmed that it had been used by several government officials. 
Shortly after that, Linda became very worried for her safety. She began seeing men in black suits following her wherever she went, and black cars parking outside of her home. Hopkins received a signed letter from the third man that was with Dan and Richard on the night in November. In the letter, he talked about the ecological danger the planet was heading toward, that superior forces were worried about. There was also a mention of alien involvement ending the Cold War. Finally, there was a warning for Hopkins himself. The man begged him to stop investigating, or he risked undermining the foundation of life itself on the planet. After that, Linda agreed to undergo additional hypnotic regression sessions. She was able to uncover that the third man had been with them on the beach that day. Hopkins assumed that she was used by aliens to get the attention of the third man. He then came to the conclusion that the four of them had most likely been abducted together when they were children. He wondered if they had images of their adult selves on that very beach projected to them. That could have also explained Dan's obsession for Linda. A little while later, a doctor reached out to Linda wanting to run a scan on her head to check for any abnormalities. The doctor then showed up at Linda's door with the results of the x-ray. He greeted her and then abruptly left without giving her the results himself. Linda immediately took the results to Hopkins, who in turn showed them to a neuroscientist. In Linda's nasal area, an object was found that appeared to be artificially implanted. The object appeared to be roughly 6 millimeters long, with a curly wire structure on each end. The discovery was a big break in their case. However, before they could get it further examined, the object unexpectedly disappeared from Linda's nose. No one knew how it was removed, but it was gone. After the object in Linda's nose disappeared, she stopped seeing the random men, and her life returned back to normal. Hopkins continued to gather information and eventually released a book, on numerous encounters in 1992 titled Witnessed. Despite the extensive investigation, the case of Linda Napolitano remains shrouded in mystery and speculation. While there have been numerous explanations offered, ranging from mass hysteria to hoaxes, there is yet to be any concrete evidence that supports the existence of extraterrestrial abductions. However, they have sparked discussions and debates that have lasted for decades. Whether extraterrestrial abductions are real or not remains to be seen, but the case of Linda Napolitano will undoubtedly remain a topic of fascination for years to come. Welcome campers to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. All right. Dude, this one is weird. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is one that I'm actually pretty pumped to talk about. Yeah. 
Um, it's just one of those stranger, just random abduction cases to literally kind of stumble upon. So yep. once I did, I was I was hooked. Now I have to say up top that I'm generally suspicious of anything involving Bud Hopkins, but I'm going to suspend disbelief for most of this and just talk about the details and yeah. have fun. All right. I mean, yeah. I think that's probably yeah, that's probably better. But <laughs> yeah, that'll make for a more enjoyable conversation. Yeah, but we can also discuss you know your reasons for not being a huge advocate for Bud Hopkins as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, where where do you want to start with this? Well, first off, I'm curious, like how many neighbors did you say came forward? Like so. Bud Hopkins himself received 24 reports uh, from different people seeing this. Okay. I know that uh, it was it was speculated that there were a lot more. Right. But those were the reports that he received himself. Because this happened in, like, midtown Manhattan. Right. And this is, like, uh, I think it was, like, the 12th floor of this apartment building. Yeah. That this girl is being pulled from, so... I mean, a lot of people are going to be expected. I, it, obviously, there's cars, there's taxis, and things like that stood up, still out at that time. Yeah, you know, just yeah. So even even during the witching hour, <laughs> which this one lands on again, it literally does. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Actually, that's pretty funny. <sighs> yeah, uh, of course, we just talked about this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so. These are pretty much like classic grays, like around three feet tall, big head, gray skin, big eyes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're described as, as classic. They're sort of aggressive though. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the, the funniest thing that I, that I found was that quote where she like, she's trying to wake her husband and literally just hears this thought of telling her to shut up. (laughs) Like, shut up. I was like, damn, that's, (laughs) That's uh, yeah, it's a little much, but there are some things that are like sort of oddly human, like that, that you don't generally hear, like them telling her to shut up. The other one is when she's in the craft and she screams, and one of them <laughs> puts, puts their <laughs> hand over her mouth. That's, yeah, that's usually that's they would use too. like mind magic or whatever right. the fuck it is to yeah. I mean, normally to sedate like, them, right? You know, they can because I mean, this whole time she's been. Like, she's had this feeling of paralysis, right? Yeah. But yet, they allow her to open her mouth... And scream. So you would think that they could just stop that and be like, oh, well, yeah, we've had enough of that. Right. Maybe she got abducted by, like, maybe this was this crew's first abduction. (laughs) One of them's, like, panicking. Like, shut up, shut up, quiet. (laughs) And then later, he's like, oh, no, don't yell. Don't yell, ma'am. Are these are, like, actually the children? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they've seen mom and dad doing this a time or two. So they'd like decide they're going to do it. Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, come on, get it. you're going to wake up mom and dad. Oh, man. And then they like, I mean, that falls right in line because instead of abducting some farmer out of the middle of, you know, nowhere, Iowa, they, they go in one of the busiest cities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's very odd. Yeah, it just it's very out of place. Yeah, from what we're at least used to. I mean, normally we're off like on some back road or in the mountains or like you said, like a, a you know off on like a yeah. farm or something. Not yeah. in the middle of New York City. Yeah, it's odd, for sure. It's yeah, it's really crazy. Even like even Whitley Strieber, like they had to drive away from the city into like what the mountain or whatever where they had their cottage. Yeah. 
you know, during his abduction stuff. So, yeah, like, you know, uh, you still hear of this. It's strange. Yeah. So my question is, how much of, rather, how many of the details that she ultimately gives were remembered naturally? And how many, like, what percentage would you say this of this came from her sessions, her I mean, hypnotic regression sessions. Yeah, I, I would say I would say a lot of this comes from those sessions. Yeah. Um. You know, she obviously, as like, I, I say, it wasn't long after this happened. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was this next day or like the following couple days, or whatever. But you know, she kind of chalked it all off as a dream, and then as she went yeah. along, just kind of forgot more and more of it because it you know didn't seem like it was real at that point. But she couldn't seem to shake the vision of these these gray beings yeah i guess the weird question here is did she remember remembering does that make sense i mean see i i think i think she did yeah because i mean otherwise you wouldn't think she would just reach out to like this you know famous ufologist and sure think you know think of that or go that route with it maybe well i know like the one at least in the story the one detail she remembered was like i was definitely on a weird craft right right and that might be enough for her to give him a call kind of poo- yeah you know okay. what i mean that's fair i just wonder how much of it came like purely from the hypnosis sessions and how or if she remembered like well i had more details and then over the course of a week or so i just kind of lost them yeah you know what i mean that's there's a big difference there right i don't know for sure yeah yeah but yeah i, I see i see what you're saying um, I, I'm pretty sure this was like really quick though. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it was like weeks or anything like that. I'm pretty sure this was like over the course of a couple of days from her reaching out to them meeting and the session starting, you know, like when you wake up from a really detailed dream and you have it all for, for, you know, maybe a half hour, you have all the details and you're like, yeah. I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember this, but you never do. And then you can, you can actually feel yourself losing the details like as you try to keep them you know what i mean it's like trying to hold water in your hands yeah like yeah it's a unique experience because you're like i know when i went in the room there was a a big green dog and then the next time you get to that part you're like i went in the room and there was something weird what was it you know what i mean yeah like you you just slowly lose details Mm -hmm. so if it was a situation like that i could see I don't know. It just makes more sense to me if yeah. she remembered remembering. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's, cleared up. that's a good question to ask. Um, yeah, I I don't know for sure, but I feel I feel as though she she did in a sense, you know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. she wrote a book about it, right? Well, he he ended up writing a book about like these in these encounters that included this uh, Linda Napolitano encounter and everything yeah. that like happened with it. I thought you said she wrote a book also, eventually. Um, Did she write a book Just him. About yeah, okay. just him. Never mind then. And I was going to say, if she wrote a book, it would be interesting to like to get her timeline. Pers- yeah, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, there was, uh, she actually, it was originally, um, she was known, or it, the, it was originally reported on, under a different last name. Yeah. Like, the last name, I think, was like Carlisle or Carter. So I, I, I could literally know if I pulled it up right now, but it's not important. Um, and eventually it was released that Napolitano was actually our last name. So uh, there were a lot gotcha. of details in the story. Obviously, we have our 
uh, police that were eventually revealed as security yeah. that I think aren't, you know, I don't know, honestly, what I think about them. Yeah, that's that's probably the weirdest part of this whole story. Right. And I that's actually, why there's so much focus on that. I actually wrote in my notes, these two cops are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're very strange. Yeah, right. It's but some of the shit, dude, it's it gets weird. It does. It does. It gets very weird. Like when when they first come into the the scene and, you know, like you're hearing they're reaching out to Bud like that first time, hey, like, you know, we're we're policemen, these are our names. Obviously they can't provide last name, any of that information, right. you know, anything that's identifying. But like, yeah, we're genuinely you know, concerned for this person. Um you know, do you basically know anything about it? And yeah, which I also kind of find strange. Me too. But obviously, they're they're watching this girl floating above the city into this large craft in a beam of light. I mean, yeah, you know. But why would they call him? But yeah, why would they call him? Yeah, it's almost like it never actually happened. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but I, mean, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know, it, it is definitely weird. I also wrote in my notes, did she consider taking them to small claims court for her <laughs> stolen tape recorder? Because <laughs> I felt like that was pretty rude. I mean, <laughs> not I mean, the take the tape. to get into the vehicle part, but taking her tape recorder, that was, that right. was it, yeah. This is what, like 1980 what? Well, this is in like 91 at this point. Okay, 91. Still, yeah. tape recorder at Radio Shack in 91, that's got to be like 25 bucks. Right, yeah. I mean, this is right? the course of, over the course of like two or three years, I think. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, right. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, I understand that, but I never, I never kind of looked at it that way. Yeah. But um, I wonder what happened to it. Did they give it back to her? I, I would hope so. I like to think they have some sort of character. <laughs> I think you're giving them too much credit. They're more likely fictional characters. Um, I mean, but are they, though? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're weird. They're definitely weird. Um, So they... Oh, okay. The third visit is the one where they basically kidnap her and take her to the beach. So the first time they come and see her... That's all great. Right, and, and that's good. a normal, right? Yeah. They're still pretending to be cops at that point. So the second and the third time they like pull her into the van, the third time they actually take her out to Long Island, right? Into that, right. Uh, that beach house. First off, that's, I mean, I've never been to Long Island, but I got to imagine the places to be taken after you're kidnapped, if it's like a on the beach, that's probably pretty high end of what <laughs> you can expect after being kidnapped. Right. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, not to minimize it, because this story's pretty fucking traumatic. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. she tries to run away, and the one dude tries to drown her in the ocean. Yeah, literally tries to drown her, and then this unseen force that we've heard about in many of these types of cases... Yeah. Literally just knocks him away from her. Yeah, very similar to the unseen force that knocked back the wife last week in the Clearview Ranch story. Right, or uh, right. Kelly Cahill and her abduction. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of these just, uh, yeah, it's a very popular thing to happen. It makes you wonder if like, were the beings that abducted her still watching her while all this was going on? You know, that's a good question. And I would like to think so. Or is this like post abduction psi abilities coming into play? I mean, that would be pretty cool. You know cool. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, that's another thing that's that's reported yeah, quite often. That's, that's true. That's true. But it's also that it's thought like Bud Hopkins doing his investigation and piecing things together. And then, uh, then of course, she goes back and they do a couple more sessions of the hypnotic uh-huh. regression to try and find out what actually happened on the beach. And it turned out that she remembered the third man being there with her, with ah, them that day. Okay. So was he the unseen force See, that that's like, what I, that's what grabbed I him and threw him back? Right. Maybe they like pushed just didn't him away remember him or something. Being there. Yep. And then the the second guy chases her down and is basically like, "Please come back. Well, we promise we won't try to drown you again." Right. He's been the one that's been concerned the whole time about his partner and everything else, like getting too deep and like becoming becoming obsessed with her and stuff. Yeah. And so. But it's it's also off putting because he's the one that pulls her into the car, yeah, and the van the two during those two times. But he almost seems like he's not trying to do anything bad to her. They're you know trying to maybe get information, sure. Um, but yeah, he ends up talking her, sweet talking her into coming back, and and she does, and then you know that's basically all she wrote, and then they take her home. Right. That's. That's so weird. Yeah, I wish then, we had more details on like what happened. Like, what what did they talk to her about yeah. afterwards? You know, like that would right. be good to know. Like, what the fuck did they want? Right, would be nice to know. But um, but yeah, it was basically at that time they took her home, and that was the last that she had seen. Well, the last time she ever saw Dan, and of course she ran into to uh, Richard the uh, one other time, and that was at like a bank. <laughs> That's what an awkward wait in line. <laughs> oh hey. <laughs> Oh, remember me? Yes, I remember you. You still got my tape recorder? <laughs> right? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, but then he tells her this story about how the other one, like, ended up in a psych yeah, ward. Yeah, and, he, he, like, like fell went off the deep crazy. end and spiraled out of, yeah, out of commission, basically. The one, Dan, right? He's the, the one who goes crazy? Yeah, yeah, he's the one. I'm pretty sure that he's, like, a full psychopath. I that's like some crazy shit. I would like to think so. Yeah, he's like obsessed with her, and but then, also wants to drown her. And then he has the balls to send her a letter yeah. at Christmas and telling her that he loves her and that he did try. Like yeah. he wanted to kidnap her or kidnap her and keep her all to himself and all this. Like just weird. I mean, yeah. At that point, that's, that's full, weird. Yeah, that's full. That's a fully obsessed psychopath. Yeah. For sure. So, like, that just seems like the story just takes a turn and, you know, went from this, like, crazy alien abduction to this just, like, weird stalker. Yeah, like a episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah, it definitely gets weird. And, okay, so later, Bud gets a letter, right? Right. He gets a letter from the third guy. Right. This supposed celebrity, right? Right. He's the this, third guy? Because they, they never actually can't find his name or anything, but he apparently is this... Uh, I It's speculated on to who he, as to who he is, but that's, again, not important. Okay. But that he is this, like, well-known authority figure, but some people think he's, like, this leader for, like, the United Nations and stuff like that. Gotcha. It would be easy to, like, fit in whatever character... To, that like works with your favorite UFO conspiracy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. True. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this letter that he supposedly got sounds suspiciously like the classic message conveyed by aliens in abductions. 
You know it's, what I mean? It's one of my favorite parts of the entire story, and I'll I'll go back to it right now because yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, before we do, <clears throat> let's talk about Lady okay. of the Sand. Oh yeah, how fucking weird was <laughs> how that? How weird is that? Right? Like, what does that mean? And why no was idea. he was like? But he was like kneeling at her feet, you know, like kissing the ground, yeah. all like all of, <laughs> all about it, and calling her Lady of the Sand. Just. Was this while they were on the beach? This was... No, this was when they were in the house, and he tried to give her the nightgown. Oh, yeah. Similar to the one she wore that the night of her abduction. And then, and then she he refused, makes a pass at her. And then he makes That's his, before makes she runs out at on her. the beach. Right, exactly. Okay. okay. And then, you know, he, like, apparently just doesn't take the hint, and so he just starts... Drowning her. Kneeling. Well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, before that's he drowns later. her. Yeah. Yeah. But just Lady of the Sand. That's... Yeah. What Like, what does that mean? I don't know. That's I mean, weird. obviously, there's a connection to the fact that they're on the beach. Right. Right. So maybe maybe it's just the fact that they're on the beach and, you know, like, oh, you are my sand, baby. <laughs> maybe this dude is, like, tripping on LSD <laughs> or something. Maybe he was just, like, fully, like, tripping balls out of his mind. And then when she runs out and he chases after, he's actually seeing, like, one of the greys. And yeah, then he's, he's like, oh, I must drown you. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's there's no way to make sense of it. It's weird. Every step of it is. Weird. I agree. I agree. But so going back to the that that final letter that uh, that uh, Hopkins had received. Yeah. Um, from the third man. Yeah, like the thing the thing about it is just, um, yeah, just he's talking about like this ecological danger the planet like planets heading toward, which is. We hear a lot in abduction cases, them showing them yeah. this is the state of the world and this is what can happen sort of thing. Yeah. And so he's talking about that. And then he mentions something that superior forces were also worried about. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and then he mentions alien involvement ending the Cold War. Uh, I didn't really get any more on that. Just that, yeah, that was also mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then there was a warning that he provided to Hopkins himself, basically begging him to stop or he risked undermining the foundation of life itself yeah see this is very much like the messages that contactees have all the time right that's like or abductees seeing being shown like videos of you know the what the world will look like in a hundred years if we don't change course and yeah all this right yeah it's right in maybe line this with that. maybe these three dudes are actually just aliens just more aliens. See, that's what I thought. Maybe they're men in black. Yeah. One and the same, you know. Um, or, you know, during given like her additional uh, hypnotic regression sessions, they talk about the possibility of them all being abducted together as children. Yeah, that's... And that's why later in life, which that to me, like, that makes a lot of sense. Because it's like a I'm... shared a shared thing at that point. Like... Yeah. I don't know, but I do know that Bud Hopkins was fucking obsessed with the idea of, like, if you think you've only had one experience, like, come and lay on my table and I'll show you ten things that happened when you were a kid that were actually alien abductions. Well, see, I, I agree with that. If a person has has an experience, I think that they've had multiple experiences. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it just being a one-off situation ever. I mean, how do you have your first one then? I mean, that could be the first one, but I think once you're targeted, you're targeted your whole life. You think so? I think so. 
So I, I agree. I, I mean, I agree with that, honestly. I mean, maybe, maybe these people just also had experiences and they, you know, maybe they'd had more contact or this third man at least had had more contact. He'd right. been, maybe he'd been abducted a few times. And so he was like aware of the message. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's possible. I don't know. I don't know, but that's definitely the classic alien abduction message. Right. Yeah. It's, it's and, and he's saying it to Bud. Yeah. Which, is, which I think is, is awesome. Like, but it's just, it's a, it's a cool way for that to go. Yeah. And that's what also just makes you question, is this a person? Is this an alien? Is this, you know, men in black, like that are trying to ward against these things? Uh, again, is it all the same? I don't know. All right. Some intergalactic intermediary. Right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Right. <laughs> now, I said I was going to be suspending disbelief, but this implant bullshit is bullshit. You think so? I hate it. I mean, yes. it's another very, very common thing in abduction cases. Yeah. Yeah. And but here's the thing. So this doctor shows up at her house in the 90s, which doctors were already not doing in the 90s. Doctors did not just show up at your house and hand you your test he results. He was bringing her his her results. He happened to be in the neighborhood. There was a bodega just down the street. Like, nope, <laughs> not a fucking thing. <laughs> also, she just looks at the medical report and goes like, "Well, I don't know how to read this, but you tell me what it says." And then Bud is like, "Oh, this says you have magic alien steel in your nose." And then what? A week later, they're like. It disappeared. Weird. Right. It's yeah. almost like I just needed another chapter for the book about you. Well, there was also <laughs> the thing, like, she had went to the doctor in, like, 70... I think it was 76 is what it was. Uh-huh. And they confirmed that she had, like, this bump on her in, on her nose or something that, like, suggested that she had had some nasal surgery at some point. Okay. And this was in the 70s. This was before the abduction uh, in 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That whole childhood thing. She's been abducted multiple times, I'm sure. This, this is, is also like a born and bred in New York City Italian woman. You think she didn't have any bumps on her nose? Yeah, well, she, I'm, you know, she's probably had this little like thing in, in her nose since, uh, yeah, since her first abduction. All it takes is one schoolyard fist fight to knock it and out. And now you, now you have a bump on your nose. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're talking about two different things. I'm talking about I mean, this as if it's actually real. Uh, I know, and I'm buying, you know, buying, buying into this, <laughs> this, uh, you know, this weird tracker in her nose. I'm not buying the implant. I can't. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where I'm at with that. It's the like there and goneness of it is. That's it's just too much. That, yeah, that it's just that's kind of too, too it's out incredulous. there. It really is. But at the same time. You know, somebody caught wind of it. These aliens, they're tracking with it. And they're also, they can hear and see everything that's happening, apparently out our nostrils. And they're and, like, oh, they're onto us. And we then, must yeah, remove it. Onto us. Activate self destruct sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and then a year later, she's at the doctor and they're like, oh, you have a bump on your nose. It seems like something exploded inside your nose at some point. It's a little, little puff of, of, uh, your smoke <laughs> comes out. <laughs> Oh, that shit is silly. I mean, it is. It is. But at the same time, this is all part of, like, this whole case, right? So. Yeah. 
That's yeah. why I always like have trouble buying the implant thing because they have a tendency of vanishing. Right. They're in these stories. And like they want to talk about them like, oh, this is like nuts and bolts examples. This is like a- alien hardware, the presence of alien hardware. Yeah. It's real, it's physical. You can see it. Except if they also have a way of just vanishing. I mean, but there's like pictures, well, quote unquote pictures of sure. these things Small being extracted. Things. Right. Yeah. You know, whether or not that's real or not, you know, whatever. But I don't know, man. Yeah, it is. It's just, it makes, it makes it, it makes it tough to believe. I know. Yeah, it definitely But at the does. same time, it's also a pretty cool concept. And like, I, that's something I would expect out of an abduction. Like how, how else can you keep tabs on your person you know like especially if they abduct them multiple abduct them multiple times in their lifetime i mean they seem to have a a pretty tried and true method of keeping track of people like it's a small percentage of abduction stories where it, where they have this like hardware or this implant I mean, yeah whatever and that we know of. all the other ones yeah sure my thing is like people it's not weird for people to have random bits of metal floating around in their body i mean yeah you know what I mean? Well, it's not I have several pieces of metal in my body from breaking bones and things like that. Yeah, right? for sure. When like when okay, personal time. When my wife and I went to have um when we went with our to our first like doctor's checkup when she was pregnant with my daughter. She the we had switched doctors. We had all the other kids with one doctor and then we switched doctors for the last one. Right. And they took like one whatever ultrasound and immediately found this like little spring little metal spring from when from the last c-section there's just a little metal spring floating in her body that shouldn't have been there that they just left behind huh that seems like malpractice yeah yeah for sure (laughs) it had like scar tissue that had formed around it and yeah just like a weird little chunk of metal floating in her body that shit yeah, happens I mean, all the time, yeah, dude. That's weird, but yeah, maybe it was an alien tracker. <laughs> maybe it was though. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was just about to get at. <laughs> maybe she's actually been abducted. She's just maybe. over there living the life. <clears throat> Man, I'm just saying it's really common. Like yeah. doctors find shit that and shit like that inside people all the time. And I don't know. That's I'm, fair. I'm obviously I'm coming at this whole story from like a. A fairly skeptical point of view in general. Yeah. Because Bud I mean, Hopkins. Your disclaimer in my opinion, already, yeah. Yeah. He was a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now that we bring it up, what what is your beef with Bud Hopkins? Okay, so I have a general distaste for the whole hypnotic regression thing. I mean yeah. because I think it's and we've talked about it in cases in the past, but like it's Bud Hopkins kind of spearheaded that whole movement of guys doing hypnotic regression and just cherry picking what they like out of the out of what they can get yeah and calling everything else implanted memories by the aliens so that they could further their theories about what ufos were yeah you know what i mean like and if you read his um his wife carol rainey talked a lot after he died she talked a lot about like what it was actually like in those days like the way he actually practiced and like 
he would have people he almost turned it into he almost became like a miniature cult leader <laughs> like he would bring these people that he was working with they would stay in their home for like weeks at a time wow and yeah and he would like put them under hypnosis every single day for weeks and fuck with them I like mean, he had to practice somewhere yeah <laughs> exactly but they like lived in their house like yeah that's that's kind of several weird. people yeah it's definitely weird and he did you know he had lots of weird shit that i find super distasteful like telling people that their children with autism are autistic because they're alien hybrids <laughs> and like just all kinds of shit like that like Hey, gross stuff. You never know, man. You never know. No, we're we're about to we're about to dive into something here that just is a total like just mind mess. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Since we're we're on the topic of hypnotic regression and stuff, there's a uh, um, there's this professor out of Italy, uh, Corrado Melania. I think is how you pronounce his name. Okay. Um, he studied alien abduction and UFO research in Italy for a long time. And he carried out research basically in abductee cases um, and used hypnotic regression. And they focused mainly on neurolinguistic programming. Um, so according to Melania, the hypnosis sessions performed were intended to put the conscious side of the mind to sleep in order to make, make the unconscious side of the mind that is directly linked to the soul emerge. So with a focus on basically trying to reach this, the, the people's souls. Right. Um, Which it was, isn't creepy at all. Right. <laughs> and basically, they thought that doing so would help them find an unwanted alien parasite, or essentially its alien mind, which had been copied into the kidnapped, the kidnappy, the, the abductee, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, it said that like the sessions had raised the possibility that some of the minds were manipulated by aliens themselves in order to essentially hide their work, right? And then the final goal of the study was to lead us into the depth of the abductee's memory. There's essentially three levels of consciousness. The conscious, the pre-conscious, and the unconscious. And which are, uh, like, connected, um, specifically connected to the id, the ego, and the superego. Right. And he felt that consciousness was like a write-only hard drive, where nothing can be truly erased. Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that in most cases, the subject or the subjects remember being put on a table and being surgically operated on. Um, and then so as they got deeper into it, they started to notice patterns, whereas some operations or the operations change per the sex of the person. I mean, which obviously is probably good. Sure. You know, that tracks. Right. Yeah. Um, and women. There was a genital apparatus that was used to insert an ovum uh, where it matured for three months and they eventually abduct them again to extract it. And um, then that egg, which is now in the form of a blastula at the point, is then put into uh, like this basically like a glass bottle. Yeah. Where (laughs) an old mason jar. You can call it whatever. <laughs> um, and then the container is brought to a room with other bottles of various sizes. And they're all filled with like this transparent liquid where both human and alien beings float inside of them. And they all had different features. And the bottles apparently can change their shapes as the forms grow inside of them, too. So the more you okay. know of that, yeah. It's um, the fanciest mason jar ever. Right. And it's believed that 
the reason that this is done is because aliens are actually sterile. And so they have to use humans to reproduce. Their only mm-hmm. real intentions or need for humans is essentially just to help them procreate, a set, you know, in a sense. Right. So their species the doesn't alien, die out. The whole alien breeding program thing. Right, exactly. It's, this is also a theory commonly, you know, bandied about by people who believe greys are human beings from the future. Where, like, yeah. human beings eventually lose fertility and they have to start coming back in time and abducting human beings to use as incubators basically to create more human beings yeah yeah i mean it's to keep the species going yep it's it's right up there with that and so now kind of straying away from that which i you know i obviously i like that concept i think it's cool (laughs) you know but obviously you're not into it so, I hate the breeding program shit. Uh, so basically, he would he said, you know, and at the end of his sessions, you know, Melania would ask basically a series of questions in every session to establish whether the subject actually remembered or if they're revisiting or if it's just all a fabrication. Okay. All right. So the questions that he would ask, um, or I guess he would tell them, you know, look at your hands and the subject would reply but I don't have hands. He would say, look at your body. And they would, of course, say, I don't see a body. Then he'd ask, what is your name? And they would say, we have no name. Emphasis on the we. Sure. And then so after a few moments, the subject would then continue. And apparently, in, was we'll get into how many cases that these all happened, that this is the exact same process. Um, they would continue to say, I know his name. What I see below is my container. I live in it. I came here to have the experience. And so Millennial will follow it up by asking them to provide their identity. And they'll say, I am life, a matrix of points of light. And then so Melania would ask, what, you know, what do you want, basically? And they said, or they, they asked, what do they want from you? Um, is what he asked them. And they said, they don't want my container. They want me because I am life. They don't want to die. And... Out of out of uh, a lot of the cases, and I think I I read somewhere it was like three thousand hypnotic regression sessions. I don't know that mo- the number might be incorrect, but out of three hundred or there was three hundred cases where they had these exact same replies. Okay, and then they eventually gave this thing a name, calling it the soul, and then basically coming to the yeah. conclusions that aliens lack souls. I mean, it sounds like a soul speaking, right? Right, like. It's container being the body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's apparently at, at the end of these sessions, that's where they finally, that's their goal is to reach that point. And then they're, you know, they're able to confirm it by these series of questions and the responses and stuff, which See, I thought was really cool. Yeah. What bothers me about this is that they, they may or may not have gotten someone down to broke, like broken people down to the level that they're communicating with essentially the collective unconscious right right that's what it sounds like we yeah all the exactly. you know and i'm points of light i'm life like all these that's what it sounds like and then they twist that into like well the important thing here is that this <laughs> means aliens don't have souls <laughs> And it's like, God damn it, dude. I mean, like, can't you just, yeah, you uh, reach this, you reach the point of being able to reach shared consciousness and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's a pretty damn big feat. Yeah. And then turn it around and be like, it must be a soul. Aliens don't have souls. But how do yeah. we apply this to extraterrestrials? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Like this guy was obviously man. doing something right, but that I think he had me. the wrong direction he was going with it. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about with these hypnosis guys. Like they they write in the answer and then they do all the work to fu- to make that answer true. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. And that like it pisses me off. It's bad science. I mean, it's <laughs> like, what it is. It's coming to a conclusion a conclusion before you've even yeah had any trials, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. They've already decided what they think, and then they're going to find a way to prove it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's literally the definition of bad science. <laughs> and it sucks. But I don't, I don't think that's the case with all of these. I think some of these know, sessions man. are genuine, you know, and obviously just trying to help them. Yeah. You know, like trying to help them out of this. I mean, of course, we, we've heard like the, the Barney Hill tapes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of those were very genuine. I mean, um, I think these people had genuine experiences. I think Linda here had a genuine experience. I do. Right. I think the problem is it we have her experience poured through the filter of someone who wants one thing to be true. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's that's right? the that's the bad part about her, the downside yeah, to that, it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not that I don't think anything happened to her and that Bud is just making everything up. Yeah. I think like and a lot of those details could have been, you know, genuine parts of her experience, but there's no way to tell in what context those things happened, in what order they happened, mm-hmm. in, you know what I mean, what else happened. We have no way of knowing that because he would only ever publish details that supported his theories about well, yeah. alien abduction. I mean, you know, he was sucks. in one particular field. Yeah. And so he has to have everything support that. Otherwise, you know, he's right. he's out of a job. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, fair. That makes sense. It's unfortunate, but, you know, like, that's just, that's the way things are sometimes. And obviously, trying to show proof and provide proof that there is, there is alien life and alien abduct- abductions, like, these cases are real, you know? So. Yeah. It bums me out. That's fair. Because I think it's, because I think it's something completely different. And maybe it's my you know bias as well battling up against his bias yeah. right i mean but that, like, yeah that's that's it yeah it just it, it bums me out cuz i think there's there are so many stories where where you find details later that were left out yeah that that completely recontextualize the experience you know what i mean like that happens and, too yeah you know it's yeah, it's just one of those things i mean this you know, we're and we're not like discussing that. You know, that being a that being a thing or possible thing, whatever. Yeah, like just kind of down to this case and yeah, uh, you know, the steps that were taken to kind of reach where where we are. Yeah, obviously, we know that at some point this apparent implant, a supposed implant, poofs out and then her life returns back to normal. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I can't explain that. Like what? What would cause like an instant, like a whole instant personality change? Like she went from being paranoid and seeing like all these like men in black and these people that were always after her to her life is completely fine. I mean, that was also the time that Bud said, "You're all better now." <sighs> <laughs> I su- I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. How much of that, like, fear and paranoia she was experiencing came from those sessions with him? Oh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And, you know, I could get freaked out every time a black car drove drove by my house. (laughs) I could do that right now. Right. I mean, like, there are lots of black cars out there. Like, 
but, but it, it's just a, it's a matter of what frame of mind you're yeah. in right i don't know i feel like i feel like there was probably some men in black involvement to this like you think so you know if, if we're treating this as like you know she had an experience sort of thing yeah i mean i could definitely see that like I question whether or not those two or three men weren't, you know, that's not who they were. Yeah. You know, if they are, if we suppose that they were men in black, this is one of the most detailed and ongoing set of encounters with men in black ever. Right. Yeah. Like one of them fell in love with her. (laughs) What the fuck? Most of them don't even know how to like stir their coffee. Get very intrigued by a ballpoint pen. (laughs) Exactly. It's, yeah, that would be a wild men in black encounter. Well, this is the Linda. That's true. <laughs> the Linda. <laughs> we must speak with the Linda. <laughs> yes. Man. But either this way. This is a fun one, dude. Yeah, I, I yeah. dug it. I dug it. I think it's awesome, man. I, mean, I love these, like, crazy, like, kind of just high strangeness, weird yeah. uh, alien abduction cases just because I can, like, live vicariously through that and it sounds cool, but... Yeah. The same time, like that that emotional trauma that yeah, you know, like just that con- that continued shit over time doesn't sound pleasant at all. Well, I hope that I didn't like rain on your parade too much. No, not at all. I mean, it's like like I said, it's it's tough to it's tough to know where I am a hundred percent with all like you know. Obviously, there's there's been a lot of uh, cases that Bud Hopkins has been involved in. Yeah. Um, you know, and some some of those I I can definitely be on board with you for sure. Yeah. Um again, whether or not I think like his his real involvement in this changed anything or not, it's just the whole premise of the premise of the thing and her encounter and everything that I think is awesome. Yeah. And I definitely agree there. And I think definitely some fucked up shit happened with Oh her. yeah, without a doubt. Like it had to have. Yeah. Even if it was just the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the one thing, and maybe it got extrapolated and stretched out and all that, but that's still a crazy ass encounter. I'm still, I'm still on the same in that same boat. That you know, you have one encounter, you're gonna have multiples. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever kind of think otherwise. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's possible for a one-off, but I just find that so hard to believe. I think I, I would. The closest I would get to being on board with that is the idea that once you have had an experience, you're more open to experiences. Yeah. That that definitely makes sense to me. And I think you're more likely to have more more like, you know, brushes with the other. Right, you already have the whatever it is, experience. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but dude, this was a great one. Great. Thing. I mean, I'm I'm coming around with these more like detailed abductions. Like a year ago, I fucking hated them. <laughs> I really did. Like I th- I just wrote them all off as like yeah. fan fiction bullshit. But I think I'm to the point now where like the weirder the the encounter, the more likely I am to believe it. Right. I mean that yeah, it was I a legitimate that. experience. Well, there's plenty more to come. So yeah, awesome. Let's uh, let's I'm, let's get I'm prepared into it. for sure. Yep. I want to hear all the big hitters from you i know you love this ufo shit oh, yeah. so i want to hear them oh we will we will get there excellent all right i think that's gonna wrap up episode 84 the abduction of linda napolitano thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of our weird possibly alien maybe ghostly probably cryptid hearts for listening we absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week 
and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And trust in the unknown. unknown.